Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, just prayed. So I, I wanted to wait till after announcements to kind of get going on this. Um, so most of you, everybody knows uh, the incident that happened last week. I don't want to just glaze over this. Uh, so most of you guys know Justin and Kayla. Um, they were super faithful in Passpoint. Uh, and there was an accident last weekend, and uh, Kayla, Kayla passed suddenly. And so uh, it's a terrible thing. Uh, they've got a little one that'll be two uh, next month. And so Paige is already kind of thinking about ways that we as a class can uh, just minister to Justin uh, and the little one as we move forward. And so a lot of people have been asking. I've been in contact with him. Uh, it's hard to find anything to say, let alone the right thing to say. Uh, but uh, we're going to do the best we can as we move forward, as we would with anybody in here. And so... Uh, I say all that to say, uh, I'm not trying to make a, a spectacle of what happened. Uh, God knows why and God knows when, uh, and we all have peace with that until it's our turn, and then we all have questions. And so anyway, I want to circle back around to last week. So most of you guys know I've been teaching through First Corinthians. Uh, we're almost done with it, and we're going to get back to that next week. But last week, I took just a, and I didn't even know why. It's just something I'd been reading in my daily reading, and I took a week, and I was just like, hey, I want to look at something out of the book of Ecclesiastes. So if you've got your Bible, flip over to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I love the book of Ecclesiastes uh, just because Solomon is just real. He's just like, man, I, I've i seen it. I've done it. Uh, you know, some of us are like, there's things I would like to do in the world, but I ain't got money to do that. Solomon had the money to do it. He tried it. He's been there. He's done that. He's bought the T-shirt. Uh, he's, he, he, he lived both sides of the thing, man. He was, he was the, the wisest man in the world because he just prayed for wisdom. God gave him everything. And then at the end of his life, he, he didn't really finish that well, right? Uh, he got off track. Uh, and so he, he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, or it doesn't say who writes it. Uh, I'm going to uh, preface that I believe that Solomon who's wrote, who wrote Ecclesiastes, um, and I can tell you why in a different setting. But anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming that Solomon is the one who wrote this. And so you get to chapter 9, and he's been through this whole... Uh, this whole thing, and, and I'm not going to like reteach. I'm going to add to what I taught last week, and so I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but Ecclesiastes chapter 9, he's been through this whole thing, and he's just like, there's these two phrases that pop up over and over and over again in the book of Ecclesiastes, and one of them is, it's vanity, right? And just vanity simply means something that is vain, empty, or valueless. And he basically just, he comes to this conclusion of his life really vanity is life really pointless is life really empty or value is there really any meaning in what we do at all right and he, that's kind of what he's answering in, in chapter nine uh and then there's also this phrase under the sun and you can study that out on your own sometime i don't have time to get into all that but the point is ecclesiastes chapter nine he gets to just like hey this is this is what i've come up with after everything that i've tried done been through prayed through lived through godly ungodly all this is what i've come up with and as I was teaching this last week, this is really, uh, it hit really close to home with what had happened. But at the time, nobody really knew. Very few people knew. And I wasn't, especially last week, trying to make anything of it. And so I've had time to kind of process through a little bit of the incident and just the brevity of life. You know, we all assume that, oh, yeah, we all know that, you know, it can happen to anybody. It can happen anytime until it really happens, right? And so if you ever, I'm sure you have, but uh, there, there are things that happen in life where it just feels like, this is God's way of not just like a red flag, but just like smacking you upside the head with a two before saying, hey, if you don't see what's happening here, then you're missing it. Right. And so uh, this happened to us. Um, it happened to me. I'm assuming it happened to my wife. We've kind of talked through it a little bit, but uh, a little over a year ago, most of you guys know Brenton got in a car accident. Uh, he rolled his, his new car. Uh, it wasn't new, but it's new to him anyway. And uh, it was really bad. Um, 
everybody, uh, paramedics, uh, everybody who saw it was like, there's no reason he should be alive, right? Rolled his car going like 75 miles an hour. And it was one of them things that it was just like, God showing me, hey, um, maybe you ought to slow down a second and uh, make sure we're making the main thing the main thing. And since then, if you know much about uh, me personally, not that I've changed the way that I do things, um, ministry is still important, but uh, it was God's way of saying, hey, make sure that uh, you're you're spending the time that you can with your family while you have time, right? And so we all have things like that. I'm just using that as an example, um, mostly because Brenton turned 18 yesterday, and it's like, we, we made it, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we all have things that happen like that. And we know that like life is a vapor. We know all the verses, right? It could happen anytime. We know that our, our time here is, uh, is only what God has given us. We, we know all of those things. But are we living like we know those things. That's the question that you really need to ask yourself as you go through this. And so I kind of knew what had happened uh, last week when I gave you uh, my six thoughts as we go through this, but I added to them this week. And so uh, with the, so if you want a title, if you're a title person, if, if you were here last week, you already have these six things, but you're going to add to them. If you weren't here, you can write them down if you want to. If not, don't, I don't care. It's whatever. But uh, the title is, is life really vanity as we go through this? Is life really vanity? And uh, I gave you six thoughts to help live a life that's more than just vanity. That's what I gave you last week. Six thoughts. Uh, I called them thoughts. They're basically just things uh, to help live a life that's more than just vanity. And I, we went through that last week, right? But I'm going to add to it this week, and I'm going to give you a question that you can ask yourself about each one of these things to make it even a little more personal. Because things happen all the time. Uh, bad things happen. Tragedies happen all the time, every day. To people. But it's not until it happens close to home that we're like, whoa, God trying to show me something here? So this is just uh, uh, my way of making sure that you guys are, are seeing the, the reality of, of what God um, what God is trying to show you here as we go through this. So anyway, let's, let's get rolling because I don't have a ton of time and we'll see uh, if we can get through this. So Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, I'm going to kind of work my way through this uh, piece by piece. Uh, and so he says in verse 1, for all, the, uh, for all this, I considered in my heart. So all this, meaning everything that's happened in the first eight chapters. Everything that like, hey, I tried this, I did this, I thought this, I, I, I did all the things, right? For all this, I considered in my heart, even to declare all this. It's all boiled down to this. That the righteous and the wise in their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. You can do all the good things you want in the world. You can do all the ministry. You can be at church every Wednesday, Sunday. You can go to all the classes. D1, D2, D3 and 4 and HBI and all the other. There is no D3 and 4, sorry. I just, you can do all the things and you can be as righteous as you want. Um, your life is in the hand of God. You really have to come to that realization. That was the first thought that I gave you last week. Uh, is You need to believe that your life is in the hand of God. You, you can know that. Like, there are things that we know from the Word of God. Yeah, I know that's true. I know that's right. I know that. But then there's other times that we have to ask ourselves, do I actually believe what I know? Does that make sense? Because sometimes we know a lot of things. But do we actually believe what we know? I know that people jump out of airplanes all the time. And it's a completely logical thing. People do it and it's, it's all good because there's this thing that they strap on their back and it's a parachute and it's all good. I'm still not sure that I'm at a point where I believe that if I jump out, the parachute is going to save my life. Right? There is a reserve. Oh, I'm just saying. Is it completely logical? There are things, there are things in life that, 
you know. But man, you have to come to a point do you believe it, right? And do you really believe that your hand, your life is in the hand of God? Because we don't know the days, the hours. We don't know any of that. We assume we do. We assume that we're like, oh yeah, I've got this much time. I'm not there yet. I'm pretty healthy. All these things. I, I've got time. Do you really believe that your life is in the hand of God? Are you living that way? And so here's the question that you can put along with that uh, as we go through this is, if you believe that, what am I, and I'm not talking about me, what am I doing to magnify my purpose today then? I'm not talking about tomorrow. What am I doing to magnify my purpose then? What is your purpose? Well, it's obviously to get the gospel where it needs to go on time. Now, there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, you can share it with the you know waitress at lunch today. You can tell the people at work. You can do all that. Uh, you can also just minister to the people that are around you every day, your family. Uh, you can love the people that you see every Like There's a lot of ways to get the gospel where it needs to go that's more than just words. Now, it needs to be words as well. But So if you believe that your life is in the hand of God, then what exactly are you doing? Ask yourself, what am I doing today to magnify that purpose? Because it's always like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm signed up to do that here in a little bit. Or I'm going to do that when this slows down. Let me just give you a, a little piece of advice. I don't know many things, but I do know this. Life won't slow down in two weeks. I've been telling my wife that for years. If we look at the calendar, and it's like, hey, it looks like here in about two weeks, things are really going to slow down. Like, there's, there's no such thing. I was telling somebody the other day, we actually, this coming week, is the first week I asked her, I'm like, do we have anything going on in the evenings this week other than church on Wednesday night? She's like, I have to look at the calendar. It's the first week since in over a year that we haven't had stuff going on in the evenings because there's not sports going on, right? We went straight from football uh, <clears throat> to wrestling to baseball and then more baseball. And in the middle, we had all the other... It's just, there's always things with the kids, plus ministry, plus the site, all the things, right? And it's just like, oh my gosh, are you serious? There's nothing... Let me just tell you, life's not going to slow down in two weeks. God will always keep you busy if you're willing. Let me just throw that. If you're willing, God will keep you busy, right? And so... What are you going to do today to magnify your purpose? I can't answer that for you. I could give every one of you things that you should do, maybe ought to do, but you need to ask yourself, what am I going to do? Because, again, you don't know that tomorrow's promise. You don't know what's coming. So, man, I would want to make sure that I do what I can today. Even if it's just, hey, I'm going to love my kids today. I'm going to spend some extra time with them. I'm going to do this, right? Uh, I don't really want to, but you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to love my wife by going to the grocery store with her, right? <laughs> and, and you know, we'll do other things as well. But, man, what are you going to do today to magnify your purpose, to get God's will where it needs to go? And the next thing, i got to keep moving. And so he goes on to say, basically, your, your life is in the hand of God. In verse 2 and 3, he says, <coughs> All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous. Notice this one event thing. Uh, and to the wicked. To the good and to the clean, to the uh, and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth and him that sacrificeth not, as it is good, as so to the sinner, and be that uh, and he that sweareth and he that sweareth an oath. So basically, good, bad, or otherwise, everybody's got something coming. Verse three: There, uh, uh, this is an evil. There, this is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. That there is one event again unto all, yea, to the heart of the sons of men. Uh, is full of evil and madness in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. 
So he, he basically boils this all down. I've done a lot of things in life. I've seen a lot of things. I've tried it all. And you know what I've come to the realization of? My life is in the hand of God, and there's something coming that I can't avoid. And to the saved and to the lost, there's something coming that you can't avoid, and it is a meeting with Jesus Christ. Right Now, there are two separate judgments for whether you're saved or lost. If you want to know the difference between the two, come to D2. Uh, you learn all those things. But uh, it, which judgment you go to? But you, everybody who is breathing has a meeting with Christ after, after, after they die. It's all coming, right? And so that's kind of what he's referring to here. And so the second thought that I had for you last week, and then I'll, I'll give you the question, what was it? Is, is live like you were dying. And I'm not talking about Tim McGraw, right? And I said that last week. You know, he's got a song that says that, doing all the fun things, doing all the things that, you know, knocking off the things off your bucket list. Those are fun to do, right? But bigger than that, live like you were dying. If you knew that today was your last day, if you knew that this was your last week to live, if you just you just knew it, right? You would live a little differently. You might do some things that you wanted to do, but you know what else you would do? Uh, you would come to the realization that you believe what you already knew, that you have a meeting with Christ coming at the end of the week, and uh, I'm going to probably live as righteous as I absolutely can, right? Uh, I want to live like uh, the, the last... I don't want my meeting with Christ to start with, what were you doing right before you came up here, right? <laughs> live, Live like... You could meet Christ at any moment, right? Live with that kind of purpose. Like, uh, is that what I want to be doing, right? There's a movie reference I'm not going to go to, but that's not what, like, that's not what, that's not what you want, right? Live like. So here's a question that can go along with it. So if you're going to live like you were dying, ask yourself this: Am I ready to stand face to face with my Lord? Am I ready to stand face to face with my Lord? And you might be like, hallelujah, yeah, I am. You know, I could die at any point. I told you guys last week, I'm really not scared of death. Uh, I, I don't want to die. Uh, I have a family to take care of. I'll have all those things, right? But uh, I'm, not, I'm not scared of that. Uh, if, if something happens to me, I don't want you all to be sad for me. Uh, take care of my wife and my kids uh, because uh, I've run my race and I've finished my course is what Paul says, and I believe that. But as much as I want to say that, no, I'm not ready to stand face to face with my Lord. I'm not ready to stand face to face and have everything that I've done from, because I'm saved, from the time that I got saved moving forward, uh, evaluated and looked at and, and judged, right? Yeah, I'm ready for my glorified body. I'm ready for everything that comes with it. I'm not ready to, I've got more to do, right? I feel like I've got more in the tank. And so, if you're like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready to meet my Lord today, let me just tell you, some of y'all ain't ready to like have your spouse know everything about you, right? And have that conversation, let alone the conversation you're going to have with, with Jesus. Some of you aren't ready. Like You're like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, uh, hand me the book of your life, because that's what's going to be there, the book of life. And uh, let's just me and you sit down at the table and let's flip through it and tell me if you're ready for that with me. And I'm nobody, let alone you're ready to do that with, with Jesus. You know, everybody's like, hallelujah, I'm ready. Okay, I hope you are. And I'm not saying that you need to be ashamed of your past sin because uh, the blood of Christ covers all of that. Make sure you understand that. I'm not saying that there's this shame that goes... What I am saying is you should be ashamed of continuing to choose that sin day after day. Right? Because you have the power to not to. 
That's good English right there, right? You have the <laughs> you have the power to not, and you continue to choose to. Now I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe nobody. But ask yourself: Am I really ready to stand face to face with my Lord? Because some of us, and I say us, because we got some things we probably ought to get taken care of. You know, we might be on the right path, but we got some things that we need to just be like, hey, I I need to shore this up. You know, and again, I'm not trying to guilt anybody and anything that they've done in the past. And the past is everything from basically a second ago on back. Like that stuff's in the past. Move forward, right? There's no reason to have guilt of past sin because the blood of Christ takes care of that. But what I am saying is, man, some of us just think that, oh, well, you know, Romans says, I guess we should continue in sin. The grace will abound. And we're like, we'll just take out the God forbid because that's what we do. No, we need to drop it, lay it down, actually repent of that sin and move on. Move on. I hope you're ready to meet Christ and like really meet him. Be there. Don't leave anything in the tank. Moving on. He goes on to say in verse 4, again, this is Solomon. I'm not spending a ton of time in, in what Solomon's talking about here because I'm really trying to, to hit close to home with us. Um, because, you know, God forbid we come in here and we learn a ton about the Bible and we get super smart, but we don't. it doesn't apply to our lives. And so, uh, anyway... Verse four, uh, for him to, to him that is, uh, whew, can't read. Uh, for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. Meaning, if you're alive, there's still hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know uh, that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward. For the uh, memory of them is forgotten. Also, their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more portion in this life in anything that is done under the sun. The third thought to help you live a life that's more than just vanity, is understand that if you still have breath, you still have purpose. You might feel like, man, I am just useless for the kingdom of God right now. I've been there. Like, I've had those thoughts. Like, I am just not usable right now. Uh, if you still have breath, Brian Hedges says, if you can fog up a mirror, man, we've got somewhere for you to serve, right? If you've got breath, you've got purpose. Now, your purpose might be different than uh, this person or that person or that, and that's okay. But if you've got breath, you have purpose. So sometimes we just need to be like, okay, I don't know how I got to where I'm at. Because usually we've done something to get ourselves in the state of I'm useless. So it doesn't matter how you got there. What are you going to do to move forward and get out of it, right? If you can, if you've got breath, you've got purpose. Because you know what happens if you don't have breath? On this earth, there is no purpose. Now, yeah, there's eternity of Christ. Praise the Lord. Uh, but I promise from heaven, you're not getting anybody saved. You're not getting the gospel to anybody. You're just not. Right? You might say, well, I'm going to leave a legacy and this, that, and the other. If you're not doing it now, the legacy is not going to be that great when you're gone. Not saying, I'm just saying. Right? If you got breath, you got purpose. And here's, so, you want to, you want to make this personal? What impact will I have on eternity today? If we all want to say, I'm signed up to do this, or I'm going to go on that mission trip, or I'm going to go do this, or I'm, we're going to go and have that, or whatever, and that's awesome, right? Go on all the mission trips. Do all the things, right? Uh, give your life to the Lord in whatever way that you want to. What does that look like today? What does that look like right now? 
Because it's easy to say, uh, I'm going to get trained up and I'm going to be a pastor somewhere, right? Or I'm going to do this and I'm going to be, I'm going to go to these classes and I'm going to be the best husband ever, the best wife ever. And, uh, guys, you don't be the best wife ever, but, uh, just, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do to XYZ. Awesome. Do that. What does it look like today? I mean, too often we're, we're signed up for what the future is, which we should be. But what are we neglecting today because of that? What are we forgetting about today because of that? Uh, I, uh, just to be personal, I, when I signed up to go into HBI, I didn't really want to, uh, but I did, and it was hard. Um, and it wasn't just because I'm not that smart. Uh, like I was working a lot, and when I say a lot, like a, a lot, a lot. It doesn't matter. We were, but. And so it wasn't that it was hard and it was all that, but it was the time away from my wife and my kids that I didn't, I, I took into account, but I didn't take enough into account, right? And so looking back on those years, I'm like, man, now would I change it? I, I probably would have changed the way I did it, but I wouldn't change that I did it. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Like, it's always easy to say, yeah, I'm going to do this, but what does that look like today? Because if we're neglecting what we already have in front of us, it's hard to believe that God's going to send us to go do it here or there or over there, right? And so just, I mean, ask yourself that. What, what does that look like today? Because, I mean, God forbid, who, who's who's the next person God's going to take home? You know? You don't know. I have huge plans. Now, Paige and I have been married for almost 20 years. That's crazy to think because she only turned 28 the other day. But, uh, uh, okay, that sounds kind of weird because then it's like, anyway... I tried to make it, tried to make that a compliment, and anyway, uh, sorry. We did get weary when you're young, but she was not eight. Uh, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. I have, I have big plans for our marriage, like things that I want to do, experience and all of that. Um, but who knows, man? I do a lot of dumb things. Like I just do. At work, I do a lot of dumb things, right? Not as many as Tyler does, but, yeah, not as many as Tyler does, but we do a lot of dumb things. And that's not even like, not even my choices sometimes. Like, I was pulling out here the other day, and I, I guess stop signs don't matter to some people, because, like, I don't know. You just never know. And so, I might have all these great plans, but what good do those great plans do my wife if I'm gone tomorrow? What does that look like today? I have good plans to invest in my kids and do some more things before they're gone. What does that look like if, if I don't make it that far, if I'm not there next week? So all I'm saying is, what impact are you going to have on eternity today? Right? Yeah, I'm, I want to share the gospel with those people. I'm going to wait for the right time. Okay, well, if you're not here tomorrow, who is going to? I don't know. Somebody probably will. But maybe not. You just don't know. What I'm saying is, like Solomon's like, man, I've, I've seen some things. I've done some things. And when I say some things, you can go back and study Solomon's life, and uh, there's, there's a lot. He boils it all down to this. He's just like, you don't have any impact on anything if you're dead. You just don't. And I don't mean to be callous when I say that, but like, make an impact while you can. Right? Change eternity while you can, which is here. Which is here. He goes on in 7 and 9. He says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, 
Drink uh, thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. He basically says, live your life while you can. Now, don't do, I tell my kids this, Paige says make wise choices. I say don't do dumb things. They mean the same thing. Uh, but, you know, live wisely. Uh, let thy garments always be white, and let thy head lack no ointment. That means basically be holy, uh, be sanctified, be set apart. That's what we're called to do as Christians. Verse 9, live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. The fourth thought to help you live a life that's more than just vanity is know that a joyful life comes from who we have and not what we have. Know that that joy in this life, because happiness is not the goal. Because if happiness is the goal, you'll never attain it. But you can have joy in the Lord, even in really hard circumstances. And joy, a joyful life, it comes from who you have, not what we have. You might have a nice house, a nice car, all the things. A good job. I'm telling you, if you ain't got nobody to share it with, what good is it? It just doesn't do you any good. I mean, you might say, well, I don't have this. or We focus all the time on, well, I don't have that. I don't have that. I promise, we've all got something, somebody. right? We've got kids. Not all of us, but you know, we've, we've all got family. We've all got... And if not, that's what the church body's for. Because, man, if you haven't uh, come to the realization that the Passpoint class is more than just me getting up here and spouting off on Sunday mornings, and you've missed the point because these people love you like family. I was trying to explain that to Justin this week, which I mean, you, I can't even imagine. But just to, which they're 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 fairly new. But just to understand, like the amount of people that are like, "Hey, what can I do to help you?" And he just he just doesn't understand because y'all y'all love each other like family, right? You, you would do anything for anybody because that's what Christ would do, and that's the life that we've taken on. And so that, I mean, that's what it is. That's not just HBF. I mean, it is HBF as a whole, but when you boil it down even more, if, if the people at HBF would, and not everybody, because most people do, but there are so many people that just don't get the benefit that comes from an adult Bible fellowship. And it's not because attendance or who cares. It's like finding people that you can live life with, right? To, to just do life with. Um, Man, there's something to that, I promise. It has nothing to do with me or my wife. It, it's just, it's Jesus in us. So it, you have to understand that a joyful life comes from who we have and not what we have. And so here is is a question. Because this hits kind of close to home. Am I investing in my who or my what? Am I investing in my who or my what? Because the world tells us Man, you need to invest for your future. Invest in your retirement. Invest in this. Invest in that. Yes, do those things. But if it means that you can't invest in today, then I'll be the one to tell you don't do those things. It, it, am I investing in my who or my what? Right? It, who cares if I have financial security when I'm 65 or however old I'm going to have to be at this point to retire, I don't even know, right? If I don't have anybody to live it with, right? If I don't have a ministry to 
have at that point. Too many people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll get involved in the ministry when I get to a point in my life where I don't have to work and do this, that, and the other. That makes no sense at all. I'm glad you asked. Like, that's, that's just not, that's not wise. Um, make an impact while you can on the people around you. And I'm not talking just about your family, although it kind of seems that way, but yes, invest in your family. But, like, God hasn't brought the people that you see day in and day out, week in and week out, into your life by coincidence. Let me just, in case you didn't know this, this is just like a fun fact, in case you didn't know, God doesn't work by coincidences. Right? Uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, that's just not... Everything He does is ordained and orchestrated in such a way that has an end purpose, an end goal. Right? I think back to just the, the times that people crossed my life and I could have just been like, yeah, I don't really know. I remember back when uh, uh, Paige and I, we were just getting started discipling people. We discipled Holly and Tyson, but you know they, they were kind of... Uh, knew some of the word. It was a good first couple. But uh, after that, God brings... Um, I, Tom comes to me. Tom was the discipleship pastor at the time. And he's like, hey, I got this couple. I want you to disciple. They're pretty new. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. At this time, like, I didn't know much about anything. And I was pretty timid and, you know, still self-conscious of who I was in the Lord. And he, like, I'm working in the nursery. He brings Brady Barnes in. I'm like, I didn't know Goliath needed a disciple. This ought to be fun, Right? And I could have just been like, oh, that's weird. I don't want to do that. I, I can't do that. This is not for me, right? All those different things. God doesn't make mistakes, right? And just to see the path that, you know, just using them as an example, Holly and Brady have grown through and, you know, they're still growing, all these different things. God doesn't make mistakes with the people that you intertwine your life with day in and day out. You might be like, oh, yeah, those people are just in Passpoint until you find out that one of them uh, passed away last night. And then it's like, oh, my gosh. I probably ought to, yeah, yeah, you probably ought to do something. You probably ought to say something. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, are you investing in the who or the what? Because too often we get so caught up in the what that we forget the who. You know, like in the children's ministry. Yes, the goal is to minister to the kids, right? But there's a bigger goal in that as well because it ties into what the family ministry is doing. How are we ministering to the parents, right? How are we, everything that we do is about people. Go back and read the Gospels again, in case you've forgotten. Jesus never ministered for the what. It had nothing to do with feeding 5,000 people. It was the who, right? It wasn't what he did, it was who he did it for, and who he did it around. Is your life like that, or is your life caught up in, well, I mean, i got to go to work. Well, yeah, I, I understand that. How does ministry tie into that? How does uh, walking righteously and, and like Christ tie into that? Everything that you do needs to be about the who. I'm not talking about the band either. Some of you guys are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway. I got to go. Right, uh, moving on. Uh, I got a lot of things I want to say, but I want to get done. I want to get back to Corinthians next week. <sighs> Verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Meaning, uh, if you're going to do something, do it with everything you got. For there is no work, nor de- uh, device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. I returned and saw unto the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet uh, bread to the wise, 
nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes are taken in an evil net, as the birds that are caught up in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it is uh, falleth suddenly upon them. Meaning, you don't know what you think you know. The next thought that will help you live a life that's more than just vanity is uh, live without preconceived conclusions. Now, if you were here last week, I explained that. We call them preconceived ideas in this world. But really what it is, is you've already preconceived in your mind how this is going to play out all the way to the end. right? No matter what the circumstance is, you've already decided this is how it's going to end up. I can't talk to that person because the conversation will go like this, this, this. It will go like this, this, this. And at the end, they'll be like, buzz off. Right or whatever. Uh, I can't uh, minister to that person. I can't do that. I can't get in that ministry because this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is how it's going to end. Right? I can't say that to my spouse. I can't tell them how I really feel about this because they're going to say this or this is going to happen and then it's going to end like this. They're not just preconceived ideas. You have preconceived conclusions. And what does it say? He's like, uh, the fastest guy doesn't always win the race. The strongest guy doesn't always win the war. Solomon's like, I've seen some things. I've done some things. Uh, it's not always what you think, you know, and so y- you got to stop just having this mindset of I'm not going to do that because I already know how it's going to turn out and it's not going to be well. Uh, that's funny. I didn't realize you were God today uh, because there's a lot of things in my life that I thought were going to go a certain way and it didn't happen like that. Right. At all. So we have to stop living our life with these preconceived conclusions. And so some of you might might get this. Brenton said this to me yesterday. I've always said this. I know he got it from me, but it, it, it went like this. But anyway, uh, he, he threw a... We were on the boat uh, because that's like our our quiet place. It's great on the lake, on the boat. But anyway, we're on the boat. He's got this water bottle. And across the boat, uh, he, he you know gives the old Kobe and he throws it. And the trash can has like nothing in it. So the opening is like this big and this bo- water bottle right in. I'm like, you could do that 10 more times and 10 times out of 10, you would not make it. And he's like, you'll miss every shot you don't shoot. And I'm like, amen, man, because I say that all the time, right? Because that's the truth. You'll miss every shot you don't shoot. And that applies to life because, and that's why I say it. it how many of you have seen, I don't have time for this. Have you seen the, the movie White Men Can't Jump? Right? I don't even remember the premise of the movie. This is how my brain works. I just remember certain things. This dude, he like comes up with this big chunk of money. He's trying to get, uh, I don't even remember what the goal was, but uh, he's trying to like get into something. And the guy's like, I tell you what, uh, they're on a basketball court. And he's like, uh, half court, uh, not looking. If you can make it, you're in or whatever. And so he's like, oh, whatever. He's like putting a bunch of money on the line. And he gets up there and he's like, oh, by the way, hook shot. And sure enough, he, he shoots it, it goes in, whatever. I don't even remember what the movie's about, but I just remember that scene for whatever reason. You miss every shot you don't shoot. Now, let me make that apply. Uh, the gospel will not get to any person you don't tell it to, at least not from you. Does that mean that they won't hear from somebody else? Well, maybe. But are you just taking yourself completely out of the game, or what? You're going to miss every shot you don't shoot. Guaranteed. That's just how it works in life. That's just how it works in life. So what is it? Here's your question. What shot are you going to shoot today? I don't know. What shot will you shoot today? And I'm not I'm not specifically talking about the gospel, although maybe I am. I don't know. I'm not here to be the Holy Ghost. I'm here to be the, the messenger. God gave me something. I'm just telling you what it is. 
What is it that God's like pricking your heart about? Hey, I probably ought to do that. I probably ought to say that. I probably ought to whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, go back and look at the other points. Uh, what are you going to do today? What shot will you shoot today? You can decide what shot you'll shoot tomorrow, tomorrow. Right? What impact on eternity will you have today? Because, man, you are not guaranteed another moment. Right? I'll apologize tomorrow. Right? I'll try to make it right, you know, whenever. No, you won't. Because you might not have a chance. You'll miss every shot you don't shoot. Right? You'll miss every one of them. Yeah, I'll get... I'll get trained up when I when I think I'm ready, right? I'll get ready to go to the mission field or I'll get ready to take, you know, get into D1 or D2 or whatever it is when you're going to miss every shot you don't shoot. I don't think I have time. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I don't think I'm... You'll miss every shot you don't shoot. What if I miss? So you'll be like everybody else in the world and fail and God will pick you up and walk you through it because guess what? You're probably going to learn more from your failures than you will what you got done right. It's really not that crazy how God works, right? It's not that crazy. What shot are you going to shoot today? Maybe it's something that's just been on your heart, and you're like, I just need to do it. I don't know what it is. Just do it. I promise it ain't going to get done if you don't. It just doesn't. Last thing. I really don't have uh, time. He goes on. He says, uh, The wisdom which I have seen also under the sun, it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and a few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great, great bulwarks against it. Basically, this, this king came upon this small city. He's getting ready to take it over. Uh, and in verse 15, Now there was found uh, in it a poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered uh, the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. It doesn't say how he delivered it. We just know that he did. Verse 16, then said I, wisdom is better than strength. There's wisdom in that verse. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Meaning, it doesn't really matter who remembers what you did. Did you do it? Right? It doesn't, the world we live in is all about just, is somebody going to remember it? Did you do it? The words of the wise men, verse 17, are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among the fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. I want to explain all that. I don't have time. Basically, he's using it as a, as a proverb to say um, the, the, the wise man, the old wise man, he delivered the city. Nobody remembered him. But they remembered that the city was delivered. Are you more worried about people remembering you or what you did? I'm just asking. I don't know. The the, the last uh, thought to help you live a life that's more than just vanity. Life is better lived than spoken. The point I was trying to make, and I'm not ragging on anybody who's on social media or any of that stuff, but uh, too often we get so caught up in living this perfect life for people to see from far away that we don't actually live a life to the people that are around us every day. I mean, I don't care because I don't have it so I don't look. But does it really matter if somebody's looking at your perfect facade life on the Insta Snap or whatever or the, the, the whatever all that stuff is? And like, if if you're not living a life with purpose to those you have every day. Now I'm not saying social media is bad. I don't do it because I just don't have time. But uh, it can be bad, just like anything else in the world. Okay. Life is better lived than spoken. So let me just ask you this, and you can you can ask yourself this, and we can get out of here. Who am I living my life for? Who am I living my life for? Well, I'm living my life for Jesus. Praise the Lord. You ought to be. But boil it down even more than that. 
Because there's a lot of people that are living their life for clicks and likes and all this different thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. What's your spouse think of that? What do your kids think of that? What are the people you're trying to actually minister to think of that when they see that it's not, it doesn't add up? It doesn't, who are you living your life for? And even more than that, like, sometimes we get so caught up in living our life for our kids, right? We, we try to live our lives vicariously through our kids, or we, we get our life, we, I'm living my life for my spouse, or this, that, that. No, the answer is you're living your life for the Lord. Make sure that He is sitting on the throne. Because too often, we take God off the throne and we're like, oh, you can sit over here next to the throne. Today I want my wife to be on the throne. Today I want my job to be on the throne. Today I want XYZ, right? To be on the throne. Live your life for Christ, absolutely. But there are ways to do that, right? Read the Bible. It'll tell you. There's a lot of ways to live your life for Him through the people that are around you, right? And so... I have a lot of things. I, I could have made this a six-week thing, but I didn't want to. Um, there's been a lot going on, y'all, um, in life. I look around the room. I know things that are going on in people's lives that are that are major, right? I look around the room to people who aren't here because things that are going on that are major. All I'm saying is this was completely unplanned, and yet it fit perfectly, and it makes me think, oh, maybe God doesn't make mistakes. Maybe God doesn't work through coincidences. We're going to get back to 1 Corinthians next week because I want to, because that's what we're teaching through. But the point is, I hope God has has pricked your heart a little bit because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know when 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 it's over. So man, don't walk your race today so you can run it tomorrow because tomorrow you might not be there. Run your race while you can. Give everything you've got. Right? Not for the what, but for the who. Just like Jesus did. Just like we're supposed to emulate, right? That's what Christian is. We're little Christs, right? We don't all look the same. We don't all act the same. But we should all be trying to do the same. I hope that makes sense. All right, so i got a lot of things I want to say. I'm way over time. I value your guys' time. So let's pray and we'll get out of here. Uh, we'll pick back up next week. Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I do thank you for your word and just the way that it pricks our hearts in just the right way. Um, Lord, I pray that it doesn't prick us to uh, to anger or uh, to uh, just uh, uh, depression or, or the things that we're not doing right, but I pray that it pricks us to uh, good works, to be more like you, to, to say what we need to say, to do what we need to do today while we have time, Lord. I pray for um, just uh, Justin this morning, Lord, is he's just trying to figure out life. And I pray that over the next weeks and months and uh, even longer that we as uh, his family here in Passpoint will... Uh, just take that and, and actually um, live it the way that a normal family would. And so uh, pray for him and just comfort uh, little Xander at the same time. I pray for those who have other things going on, uh, just even in uh, the Passpoint class that people don't know about that that you that you do, Lord. I pray that you would just uh, give them the things to do and to say while there is time uh, because if they're still breathing, there's still hope, Lord. So uh, thank you for just being good to us. Uh, Lord, a, a great week at VBS. Uh, just awesome to be a part of what you're doing here at HBF. And I pray that we don't get weary in well-doing because uh, there's still a lot to do. So, uh, God, I just thank you for all of it. I uh, just praise you. praise you send us out this week as lights in a dark world, uh, that you get all the honor and all the glory from everything that we say and do. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, one last thing I did. I should have done this earlier. Uh, this is Tucker and Ellie. They're newish to HBF. Uh, you may see them around. I just... They're awesome people. We got to work with them this week at uh, VBS. So uh didn't want you to be like, who's the new people? So there you go. See you guys next week.